Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Erin. And this is Beyond the Ranch, our weekly podcast that you can find right here wherever you're listening to your weekly podcast. Today's podcast being brought to you by the uh, by Amazon.com and the brand new version of Alexa known as Alex, the male version. And if you're worried about Alexa listening to everything that you say, worry no longer because Alex doesn't hear a thing. Aaron and Mike bring you into their world It's not just chickens and the Angus herd So take off your boots, relax, and go beyond the ranch Wouldn't it be nice if Amazon really did sponsor the podcast? <laughs> it would be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be like, hey, we can get free shipping. Oh, wait, wait, we get free shipping anyway. Well, no, we paid for that. No, we were talking about that this morning. Like, how does Amazon afford to ship crap? I ordered, so, uh, I ordered for the girls' slippers. Yesterday, you didn't get Lincoln slippers, so this I is going to create mute. Really <laughs> I don't really think he needs to wear slippers. He's a boy. Boys don't wear slippers. He has his Paw Patrol ones that still fit. So, so I ordered the girls slippers yesterday. And Do boy, boys can't wear slippers? I've never heard of this discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My dad, my dad wore my dad was part Native American, so he wore moccasins. I think that was like his connection to his. <laughs> that was the extent of that his. Was, that was pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, uh, he did tell me that his first girlfriend was was uh, Cherokee or something like that. Okay. She, she was Indian. So that was also that a was connection. Also a connection. I heard about that all the time. But the moccasins, those, so those are kind of like slippers, I guess, but they didn't have like Paw Patrol moccasins, I guess, back then. No. Um, or Pusheen slipper moccasins. Pusheen's a very uh, fat cartoon cat that Grace adores, right. like is obsessed with, wants pushing everything I think for this her. this is a new record. It literally took us eight seconds to get off topic. Oh yeah, let's talk about pushing. No, I was talking about Amazon and okay. how fast they deliver stuff out yeah, here. Yeah. I just ordered this stuff yesterday. Yesterday And morning. then I get the thing, it's going to be delivered today. And it's like, really? Where did it come from? Like, I don't know. Like our backyard? Because I, you know, there's stuff that I can't even get done in a day and Amazon can get me slippers from Taiwan. And let's talk about how that's really not a high priority for our lives, but I mean But really there is stuff that I can't get done. Like look at the 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 uh, the farm store. Like that has been an ongoing project. Let's talk about how our morning has not gone to according to plan and we're about 2 hours later recording this than we had hoped. <laughs> <laughs> we during the live stream yesterday people were like, uh, when's the podcast?" and we said, "Well, we might do it tonight. We probably will end up doing it tomorrow morning." Yeah. Um, now it is tomorrow late morning. And, and we, uh, like, we redid our schedule. Like, we have a new filming schedule. It's not really new. It's just tweaked a little bit. And we're trying to, like, not be so last minute. So, like, instead of you editing the video and finishing at 4.59 on Tuesday, you're trying to finish at noon. So just kind of, like, shifting things a little bit. Um, the weather kind of screwed everything up this week, and, so you yeah. put out an additional video. So we're supposed to podcast Wednesday night. And my sleep, sed- my sleep yeah. schedule did not help at all. Well, yeah, and, and that's it's fine. Like, we didn't do it Wednesday night because you needed to sleep because Tuesday night you were up all night long. So I think we have a plan. I think we actually have it on the schedule to do Tuesday night. I thought it was Wednesday night. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one in front of me. I don't know. See, this is, how, this is how strict we are with the schedule. We don't even know what the heck it is. We're trying to be better, though. Like, we're really, you know, trying to... Let me find the schedule. Oh, yeah, we are supposed to record it on Tuesday. See? I knew it. Why did we put it on Tuesday? I don't know. Maybe we did the schedule when we were tired. I don't know. (laughs) Well, either way, the point is to try and prioritize things a little bit differently so that we uh, are not so pressed against, like, the deadline because... That's just really stressful to always be pushed against the deadline. So, And we're both procrastinators. 
Like we're both. I don't like to say that I'm a procrastinator. But you I are. I like to say I'm a deadline worker. You know, but you're a procrastinator. I, if, I have a strict, if I have a strong deadline, I will get it done before that deadline. I know, but because you have procrastinator habits, we are not sticking to the new schedule. And you're not treating these deadlines on the schedule as hard deadlines. Because they're not. <laughs> because <laughs> but the, you have, the you hard have... deadline is if I have to have a video out at 5, it has to be done at 5. I or know. 4.59. If we could really follow the schedule, like if we could really do it, though, it'll make our lives a lot so better. This is this is something that Aaron is like we've all struggled with and everybody's had to deal with it. Um, when we worked in radio, we always and from the moment we ever got together actually and lived together, uh, we always had a clock in the bathroom that was and the, only the clock in the bathroom was 15 minutes ahead. Oh, I got, the, I got the fingers, not that finger, but I got two fingers pointing at me going, hey, Wait hey, a second. Here. There's another side to the story, but go ahead and finish. Okay, I'll finish my side of the story. So ever since we've been together, we have had a clock in the bathroom that has been 15 minutes ahead. We still have that clock in the bathroom that's like 15 minutes ahead for some weird reason. And like, we don't have that, you know, like we, you know, the kids have to be on the bus at a certain time, you know, or whatever, but we really don't Honestly, we really don't have like strict, strict. We don't have to be to work at a certain time. No. We don't have to have lunch at a certain time. But we still have this stupid clock that's 15 minutes ahead. It has thrown me off ever since I've known you. This 15-minute uh, okay. clock. So yesterday it screwed me it's up. It's way fast. Um, because I was, it was for the pod, uh, we're getting ready for the live stream. Oh, and or you're something. like, oh my God, I missed it. And I about had a panic attack <laughs> uh, because okay. we were dealing with the bull being out and all that other stuff. Okay, no, sorry. Now, my side, okay, in my defense, I don't set that clock fast. I set it, once it gets about 15 minutes fast, I'll back it down. So it, it just runs it, fast. It gains time. It is just a clock that is not so super accurate. So why have we had this clock for 15 years? I mean, that's a good quality clock, no, man. No, it's not. If it's, if it's, <laughs> it's not a good, your, 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 your definition of quality is way different well, from mine. it's because still working. Because if a working. clock can't keep time, that makes it a useless clock. I don't know. I've a always clock's had... entire job is to tell you what time it is. That clock cannot do that. So when we worked a job, like I, even now, like I am horrible about like getting ready out. Like I'm good once I get out of the house, like once I'm ready to go and out of the house, like I'm good about being on time. That first thing that if I have like a committed, I have to be, when I had to be to work at eight, like that was hard for me. I don't know why I struggled with it. I you still- You were also a salesperson who just rolled in whenever, this is why- I know, this I is mean, why, that's, that was not a hard- I hated salespeople because you gotta just, we had to be there. Like I had to be on air. Yeah, if yeah. I was doing a morning show, my morning show started at six and I had to be there at six o'clock to be able to say, Hey, welcome to the Mike's Morning Madhouse and blah, 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 blah. And tonight we have, you know, or not tonight, but this morning we have the, anyway, long story short, I had to be there at six o'clock because had to I had to push prep. a button. Had to, well, yeah. and I had to be there at four because I had to do prep, but I had to be there at six o'clock to push a button. If I didn't show up at four, I had nothing to talk about after I pushed that button. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, you had to prep your whole show right. before you went on the air. Yeah, and when I worked at stations where they didn't have somebody that did that for you, which oh, is extremely spoiled at some so stations where I would show up and there'd be like interns would hand me a stack of paper and say, here's what you're talking about. Crybaby jocks have to do their own prep. But so we were there at said we had to be there at four to be on the air at six. Salespeople would roll in anywhere between eight and 8.15, and 8.30. 5 p.m. And then have some coffee. <laughs> like we all, I mean, we at the station here in Gillette, we had a, a 
you know, you, you throw salespeople into one office. I mean, every sales place I've worked, you throw all the salespeople into like one one space and we give them a, a, a desk and like it's kind of like a cubicle type thing. But like we never we had some dividers like you had to share like, desks sometimes with people. Oh yeah, or like they face to face with somebody. Share computers, which I always thought was really oh, weird. That when was I came so up there, I was like, Really? We only have like four computers for all these people. Yeah, and like at the end of the month when everyone's like on that rush to like get their sales goal and you got to like log your stuff and it's mm-hmm. like I need the computer. No, I need the computer. And then they I had, had salespeople like, got mad at me because I, I when I came up here I was the music director of the country <laughs> station. I had my own computer. Yeah, well somebody that was, like, like a big. Thing. I was like, really? It's a big thing that I have my own computer yeah. because, and, and salespeople would get mad at me about it. Yeah, no, it's a, it was a thing. They would catch me like, you know, surfing the net or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> really? You're 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 looking at, you know, not that I looked at show YouTube prep, at time, but yeah, show prep. But yeah, so uh, sales was you know just a little bit more flexible. So that's why the <laughs> flexible. That's why the clock like. It, and, and I never have replaced that clock because it doesn't bother me that that one clock on our house. I know that it's fast, so it's. You know, I don't because I don't look at that clock. So you I'm have not, I'm had not standing there clock. doing my makeup, so I never worry about that clock except for the, the the four times a year that I look at it, and it it gives me a. Heart We've had attack. it for fifteen years. I've even had it longer. Like that clock. I think I maybe even had that clock when I was in college. Like this that might clock, be the problem with that clock. That clock is like eighty years old. It's going on like probably a good twenty years. So. It's like an antique at this point, so. <laughs> it's an <laughs> antique clock that can't keep time that we keep around for sentimental purposes. I'm just going to sneak in one of these days and throw that clock no, away. No, don't. There has to be, so the nice thing about the clock, this is the other annoying thing about this clock, and it's kind of a nice thing, but it's also a really annoying thing, is this clock thinks it, it has like a brain of its own. So like at daylight savings time, it resets it, yeah, itself. Yeah, it's an adjuster. So at two o'clock in the morning, on or whatever time it's supposed to change is it two o'clock? I think on daylight savings time. Like all of a sudden this clock will like kick into like into like when crazy it's spring forwards, it's like ding 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 ding. So we're trying to sleep and all of a sudden this clock's like you know, just all of a sudden starts making all this racket because it's like apparently it's it's, it's springing it's forward going through some type of sort of yeah, like a time vortex or something. I don't know how it knows so, when daylight savings time is. I don't know either. If we went here's a good question. If we went to Indiana with that clock. Wouldn't know? I, I would, I would love to take, I should have taken that clock to Indiana because the time zones are so messed up in Indiana. You should have been there. Uh, we were, first of all, I didn't know what time zone we were in half the time because some counties are one time zone. Other counties are a different time zone. Some are central, some are eastern. Right. And Aaron's freaking out because I'm trying to leave Indiana. Aaron's texting me and she's like, you're supposed to be on your plane right now. Well, and I was like, you no, were, I still have two hours. And, you were oh hanging God. out in eastern time. Your flight was in central time and I was in mountain time and I could not figure it out. And you couldn't figure it out oh, either. Oh, I gave up. I told her. I, I finally hung I didn't hang up on you but you were like, really rude <laughs> i was like i'm done i can't I, this conversation is making my brain hurt i had to just and like, I was let like it i'm go. standing here next to people who live here who say i'm good so i'm just going to go with what they say <laughs> i'm going to stop thinking about it because i and the problem was i had you calling me and texting me freaking out about it i, 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 I waited Tammy freaking out i about waited it. until like matt I, was just like i don't give a crap what time it is <laughs> like i'm retired i don't give a crap i don't even know what day it is but like you know, Dave and Tammy were freaking out about it. I had you freaking out about it. I didn't text you until I was freaking out about it. But in my defense, there was duplicate events in our calendars and our phones, and for some reason, there was one that was like at two something and one at three. Right, because they were one was like on Google and one was on something yeah, else. Yeah, so like, so we oh had a gosh. duplicate event. So technically, when I called you and said you're supposed to be on your plane, like if that had been right in my phone, like I was right. Like you should have been like at the airport, not on the plane, but you should have been like at the airport, right. and you were and not. You were. Petting a Highland cow, and I was like, kind of freaking out. But I had to like and let you it gave go. Me, like too. a panic attack too. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. They were with you know. Obviously, we had a bunch of people with us at that time. I don't know if they could see that I was like flustered at the point, but I was yeah. just like, 
I can't, I can't deal well, with this. Well, and then anymore. I just had to be so like, anyway, it is, no, I'm trying to say, say, okay, yeah, you should. So every that. time I crossed time zone, that clock would have had like a conniption. That I really does. don't know. It's, it's an, it's an analog clock. Like how right. does it know when the time zone changes? Yeah. That's why it has the conniption is because it is an analog. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's an old person we clock didn't with explain the hands. That. So uh, it, it spins like crazy every but, time you, the okay, time changes. Back to, okay, two points and then you can interrupt me. <laughs> uh, very animated. Uh, <laughs> very pointy. You're very animated. Uh, I eventually had to give up on the whole, like, you making your flight, because, like, I couldn't figure it out. Like, I was like, I think he's right, but I don't know. But I was like, he'll call me when he gets to the airport, and he'll either get on the flight or not. But then you got stuck in Chicago anyhow, so you didn't make it home anyhow. Um, oh, you were mad about that. Well, it was not. you were mad, too, and tired and crabby. Like, I mean, nobody wants to get the phone call that, like, I'm not going to make it home for 12 hours. Like, not even like, I'm going to be two hours late. No, I'm going to be 12 hours late. And like, oh, you've got 15 preschoolers showing up in the morning. And yeah, I was going to be home to help with that. Like, no, I mean, that was not an ideal situation. I was also like handled Sunday differently and prepped for the preschoolers instead of panicking and trying to and having to run around to get home to do it. Well, yeah, you were going to come home, and you're like, I'll take care of that. It'll be fine. We've done the preschool thing a million times, so it was just like I had to move the bottle calves, which is like herding cats, and um, people always say herding cats. Have you ever tried to herd a chicken? Just as difficult. <laughs> and bottle calves. Uh, and How about herding a, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, an eight-year-old yeah, sometimes? That's, yeah, yeah, sometimes difficult, too. Um, and then what was my other point? I don't know if you had another point, because no, I said we were two talking things. about how fast Amazon can get crap to us. Oh, man, I had another thing I was going to talk about, and I totally forgot. Oh, well. Anyway, so uh, I kind of forgot where we were going with this because... We're deadlines. Kinda, deadlines, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're trying to be reorganized, differently organized for the summer, create less stress, have some boundaries of, like, when is work time and when is not work time. Yeah, very much. That's kind of a big thing for me. Is, Opening is the knowing. store is going to, like, change and screw up everything. It but. is going to mess up the entire world. Um, but you know, getting all this stuff done and that's kind of like today, obviously we're behind schedule, but we still have to go get stuff at the store for the farm store. So we can work on that today. I do have a plan for a video tomorrow that I think I can get filmed in one day and have edited, not by the deadline on that schedule. No, um, no, no. But, uh, cause you should I'll be filming today. 7am on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, we should be filming today and stuff, but like you're going to film with the kids and like, you know, the weather has been. Uh, just a giant pain in the butt. So I'm way behind in the gardens. We got to do this farm store thing. Like, it just it is what it is. Like, we just you put out the biggest fire. So today, well, that's what I do every day in the gardens. Like, oh, oh, I thought you meant I, I thought you meant no, I no, put, no. I already, I already <laughs> no. put out a fire. I don't think I've done anything. So people so always ask, about a clock. like especially the summers that I had like the kids because I had Grace during the middle of market season and I had Lincoln right before market season started. The years they were born, people are always like, how do you take care of your gardens and come to market and do all this if you just rolled your eyes at me? I did because I hear that's the that's the, what everybody says constantly about everything we do. How do you have time yeah. to do all this? And it's way busier now. We didn't have a YouTube channel no. when I was pregnant. Um, but you just, like I would just tell people, I would just go out to the gardens every day for whatever amount of time that I had and I would put out the biggest fire. You know, if the weeds were overtaking this crop, that's the priority. If the water's not working, a huge priority. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just... <laughs> Call Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what he's doing now because Speaking now of, he's on the water Yeah, project. we need to turn water back on today. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just always... It, it, we just put out the biggest fire. And so, yes, we have a schedule, but like we still have real life to mm -hmm. work around YouTube and stuff. So farm store needs to get open. Um, 
We've got customers waiting. I've got crops we that got are ready. We got an email today. Somebody's going to be here. Uh, it was the end of May through the 10th of June, and they didn't think the farm store was going to be open. It's going to be open by the 10th of June. Yeah. I, I really I, hope. I reply to that yet, so. I really hope for next week sometime. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. There's a lot to do. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit leery. Of, I've never really done linoleum before, so we have some leftover linoleum from another, um, project. That, another project. So we're going to try to put that in there, which I've never done before. I, I imagine it's just cutting out a, a, a size, a piece that fits the room, yeah. and then and it's getting know, it in there. Cut it a little big, and then, then we'll trim it when we get it in, kind yeah, of a deal. Yeah, gluing it down. We'll get it. Uh, I've so if somebody comes in the farm store and there's a big bubble in the middle of the floor, yeah, we know like, Oh, there's a rug there. We'll That's put a why shelf. Is there a rug there. We'll put a. Because <laughs> Mike had to cut out a piece of uh, linoleum so we could put down a rug. Uh, we'll get it to work. It's. I wish we had more time. I wish we had more money because I could make it into if we had like more money. I'd hire somebody to do. Well, it. yeah, that too. Uh, I'd support the economy. Yeah. Like, hey. I've looked at shelving, and we kind of changed my plan for shelving, but I've got some stuff that I need to just kind of finalize the order on Amazon, so it'll be here tomorrow. Uh, it won't really. The holiday's screwing us <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, we but. can get slippers in one day. We order something we actually need. It's going to take a week and a half. Uh, yeah, when I was looking last night, like everything's like Wednesday because of the, the Memorial Day holiday. But we're going to push really hard in the next few days on the store. Um, we need Nick to get back from vacation to hook up electrical and it, it, we're just kind of at that phase where it's like almost all the big stuff is done, and now it's the little stuff, which like you think is going to go fast, but it's not. And I think you we're, know, I, we know, you know why some of the little stuff doesn't go fast. Why? Because somebody has to make a decision on the little stuff, and it's like, I don't know, should I do? Should I do this? Should I not I know, do this? Let me go research it for an hour and a half, and I'll be back to you in the I'm, meantime. In, in the meantime, another fire started somewhere else, which is always how it works. I think the older I get, the harder time I have like making decisions. Really? I do. Yeah. I get stuck in like in like a loop. I do. I I really do. I can and I know it. Like I can feel it in my head. Like I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Like I'm like Dory or something. Like you're gonna like point me in a different direction. <laughs> what do you What do you do? You do? Is, is it is it best at that in that uh, instance to like just walk away from it for a while, or do you like power through it where you're just like pissed and you're like I, I'm I gonna know. figure this out one way or the other. I mean, it depends on how like how quickly the decision has it depends on that deadline that hard and fast deadline yeah oh okay, uh, deadline hey lincoln's here hey link how are you good why do you have your coat on he was you were cold he was outside you want to come say hi oh. no okay <laughs> all righty do you want mom's phone yeah. okay, okay go get mom's phone you can watch something in the background we can have background noise <laughs> So one of the things that uh, changes. Oh gosh, this let me week, turn it down. Oh gosh. Um, one of the things that is changing this week, uh, and hopefully here in the uh, foreseeable future, is the fact that um, over the last two years of um, doing this our Wyoming life and YouTube thing and social media and all this other stuff, is that. And we've kind of been talking about this here recently because we've really been leaning on other people more and more. Mm -hmm. So we've been saying that we have certain irons in the fire that we have to tend to. Mm -hmm. um, the ranch is obviously the biggest one. Like yeah, we have to make sure, you know, you, we, speaking of which, you're, now you're staring out the window. There's some birds I was just watching fly Ooh, by. Oh, look, a bird. A little flock of birds. <laughs> Hopefully a squirrel doesn't walk by. Um, I would be cool if we saw a squirrel out here. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's too many cats. We don't have any squirrels. We ain't got no trees. <laughs> True. 
Um, so yeah, so keeping all these irons in the fire, obviously the ranch, like I said, is the big one and, and making sure that we're calving and we're haying and we're selling calves and we're doing all this stuff for the ranch. Uh, but it, it, we, and YouTube is another iron in the fire. It's become like a pretty important iron that we pretty have pretty, to take care yeah. of. It's, it's that content, what do you, content creation? Mm -hmm. Like we're creating content, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, those things. Yeah, there's are, good stuff on Instagram and Facebook. Go like them. Yeah, Erin takes care of those. <laughs> well, she takes care of, she's actually fallen in love more with Instagram than she has Facebook. It used to be like, if you talked to us on Facebook, you were talking to Erin. Now you don't know because it could be either one of us because we've kind of both had to had to pick up our, our Facebook game. But if I try to touch Instagram, no. Erin slaps me. She's, yeah, no, I get mine. my hand slapped. It's like, don't touch Instagram. I was messing around at one time and, I and uh, appreciate... trying to experiment with, with liking some other people's pages and yeah, stuff like that. Like, she was like, what? She called me. She's like, what are you doing? Why well, did you like this Because my news feed, my like, feed was all different. And so I thought I got hacked, okay? like You, you did, by me. Yeah, you also just like needed to communicate better before you like go off on a tirade and all these like people that I don't know who they are show up in my feed. Like, <laughs> I thought I got hacked by the Russians, okay? Like, give me a break. You did like some crazy like... Japanese anime or something like yeah, I don't know. An I don't know how that I was, think I was benefiting. Searching for like agricultural type channels. And yeah, going well, through, that, was that was not. And maybe the armchair rancher liked that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but that, yeah, that sounds I mean, like it's up his alley. This this whole like owl YouTube thing is is very much a joint project. Like, and, and there's certain things that you take leads on, certain things I take leads on. I appreciate having one small sliver of it that's kind of like mine to succeed and accomplish things within and that's kind of instagram it's a very it's our smallest following no, but it's, no, it's not twitter is okay well yeah you're in charge of twitter yeah and i'm horrible <laughs> I, I tweet something about once every four or five days and usually so, it's just like i'm out in the field and i'm like oh crap i gotta take a picture of that and then i'll then i'll tweet it yeah so i just appreciate having like one platform that like i can focus on and it's it's my success or my failure obviously like you still send me pictures and like you're very involved in oh, like yeah. the content creation but the the algorithm and the but posting the schedule all goes to Aaron. it doesn't yes it does it's okay if you want to get on Aaron's good side like instagram <laughs> and tell her that it is awesome because Let, let's get instagram to pass facebook <laughs> That would be good. That would be good. They're uh, both like Facebook's getting close to ten thousand, and that's a big Facebook accomplishment. Yeah, when we hit five thousand, same thing congratulations with congratulations from Facebook. And 10, same thing 000, with another one. Instagram. Like I can, I can actually include links and swipe ups on stories, and like we need to get to ten. Yeah, so go like Instagram. Even if you don't even use Instagram, go sign up for an Instagram account and find Just our like Wyoming us. life. Just type in our Wyoming life, and then. You follow? Do you like? You follow you on follow Instagram. You follow on Instagram. See, there's another stupid thing about social media. You know, follow you were, one thing, you like something else, you're subscribed to something else. You were in Snapchat a, today and like, they're stories. These kids' are stories. And I was like, they're not stories, they're called snaps. We don't, neither one of us use Snapchat. No, but people, but we, ha we have a Snapchat because you have to grab these, otherwise somebody else will go get the RYM and like Snapchat and, and think and act like they're us. Our post inappropriate pictures. Right. So we go and grab them and then other people find it. They search, you know, they're they're on they're on Snapchat, so they search our web and they oh they do have an account, so now I'm gonna friend them. And now every time I have a salad, I'm gonna send them a picture of my salad and I get a Have you ever posted anything to Snapchat? No, never once. I I've have, never I have talked to a few people on there because they can send like direct snaps oh, or yeah, something. Yeah, you can do that and, on Instagram uh, too. Every I once think. in a while I'll be like somebody will send me a direct one and then I'm like Ugh. I gotta say hi, so then I'll say hi, and hopefully it doesn't turn into a, a long conversation because that can eat up a lot of time too. So when it comes to time, we're talking about like our three big things: um, the ranch and family. I mean, family. Well, that's that's, that's yeah. the other one I was getting to was like the ranch um, and and social media. 
Yeah. And then uh, obviously the one that trumps all those things is family. Family I mean, has to be first, and that's where this schedule the ranch and, stuff and family comes in handy. do compete because you know if a bull's out, like sorry kids, you're on your own. <laughs> you know, I mean there's there's yeah. a balance there. I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean we do have to play that game, but. Um, you know, I'd like to think that that's, you know, like the schedule, we have a hard line on the schedule that says this is family time and this is, you know, the time when we can, you know, I spend think we've time been, as a family, especially in the summertime with the kids at, not at school. I think we've been a little better about like shutting work off and then like taking a break from like dinner time, you know, till bedtime and then we kind of go back into work mode after the kids go to bed. But we've also kind of set like some hard deadlines of like when we're going to go to bed. Yeah. Um, we put a bedtime. We did. Say, you have a bedtime. And, and. It's also to allow us to Which be more... Which is funny because last night I was trying to go to bed and Aaron wouldn't stop talking about work. Work, and I, was I like, know. And, and she'd say, well, we can talk about this tomorrow. And then in the next sentence, she'd start talking about it well, again. Well, I would have another question. And I was like, stop, just go to bed. I know, but like, those quit, thoughts would leave me by morning. But also in the summertime, like we try and get out of the house earlier and mm-hmm. take advantage of morning time because we can be very productive in the morning before the kids are up and when the sun is up and unlike the winter time when it's dark mm-hmm. so although the weather's not been cooperating about either one of us really going out of the house early i can't go garden at five o'clock in the morning when it's snowing no but so. i went out early this morning it looked colder it looked worse than it was i went outside and it was actually not bad well you're just um, used to I, the snow again yeah i looked out the window <laughs> and i was like oh it looks horrible I'm like it looked, it looked windy it looked cold but i went outside and i was like oh this isn't bad at all it is a little breezy today a little breezy but not like partly cloudy so when it comes to um these things these irons in the fire right Mm -hmm. um there are things that obviously we can add to that fire more irons that we can put in the fire anything we add to the fire though takes away from the the heat of the entire fire yeah we're good at adding stuff too so one of the things that we, uh, we're going to talk about today, now that we're, you know, half an hour. No, we're so, we're totally gonna get it's a to weird day. Um, <laughs> is uh, a new thing, a new a new iron that Aaron is adding to the fire. We've kind of alluded to it here and there. We're going to talk about um, what Aaron's doing, but also how we're moving irons out of our fire and putting them in other people's fires. Uh, people that are willing to help us out, people that we pay to help us out. But, um, and people that are just, you know, helping. obviously just helping. And we have Dave and Tammy and we have Matt and Tammy and Ob- you met those guys in India. Oh, and they've been, this last couple of weeks, like they've just like stepped up their game well, and the they've thing. just been like, like we, amazing. I think we finally got to this point where we, we, we went through year, you know, two years of I have to do this by myself. I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to make this successful and I have to have hold ownership of this it was our baby. Right. We had we were sending it to preschool. We had to keep it home. We were stay-at-home parents. We were raising it yes. and teaching it how to talk and how to go to the bathroom without <laughs> peeing itself. And now it's going to go to preschool. Right. And we're that's kind of that's kind of what it is. It's like yeah. it's like handing off certain aspects um, to to other people. Uh, speaking of which, it Lincoln needs to go to the bathroom. Um, He's also venturing into standing up and going to the bathroom. That's fun, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, passing things off to other people, which is, which I'm learning is, is well, first of all, I mean, it's hard to do. Number one, it's so hard. Like We're we went both. through last night. Like Dave wanted to take over something, and I was just like, I kind of, I was like struggling. Well, I can do that. I can do that. And finally, I was yeah. like, you know what? Here's the phone number. You do it. We're both that type of personality where it's like just, we just need to, we just do it ourselves. Right. And, and I, I think. I think being on the ranch for so many years before we did this, like there was nobody else to pass the work to. Mm-hmm. You know, the gardens, there's nobody to pass the work for. There's sometimes help with the work, but still the ultimate, the work and the responsibility and the plan and the vision and stuff like that's all, that's all you and I. And 
we've never like took that leap into like employees. You've occasionally had a ranch hand and stuff here and there, but you give them very menial tasks to do individually. Like I was even bad at it, like in the corporate world. When, yeah. When I when I was a, a, a vice president of a company, I had problems still passing things on to people. Yeah. And saying, is... hey, you go take care of this because I didn't trust. I don't know if I didn't <laughs> trust them or if it was just like their ability. I don't know what it was, but like I would. I remember talking to the owner of the company that we worked for. And he would be like, why are you messing with this? And I would just be like, well, you know, I want to get it done and I want to get it done right, so I'll just do it. And, you know, I think that kind of carried on into, obviously ranching is very, uh, uh, very much um, uh, singular, very, very solitary. Yes. Um, and gardening is very much the same. So being able to, to offer uh, people, <laughs> this sounds weird, to be able to offer the people the chance to help us which sounds like from the beginning you are so honored that I'm going to allow you to do this for me from really the beginning that we've had people that have wanted to help and Dave and Tammy and Matt and Tammy have been helping for well over a year but we've just allowed them more stuff I don't know if that's like a good thing or bad thing it sounds horrible but it is it's very it's very hard to uh, to say hey here watch my kid for a while I'm going to I got to go do something else and I'm not going to and I'm not going to pay you and these people are just doing it out of the kindness of their hearts yeah I talked to I talked to Dave about getting paid and we ended up in a fight about it almost so uh, like you know being able to to delegate things is a is an interesting thing and also being able to delegate things to the right people yeah um so this week we took a plunge and we actually um found a service uh, a company that's going to help us out with some of the stuff that we either don't know how to do or we can't do ourselves yeah we're so, making a big we're making a big making investment. An investment of time and money to to grow our Wyoming life into something beyond YouTube. Like the YouTube thing is great. Um, I, I love the you know like I wouldn't I wouldn't stop making videos. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's that's what I like doing. That's what I love doing, and it's it's a connection directly too. But there's so much more that we can do. And everybody always talks about being a proponent for agriculture and that kind of stuff. And and if we want to do more of that, we have to have the people working with us that know how to make that kind of stuff happen. Yeah. So we've. Uh... We've hired. It's not finalized yet, but we're in the process. Oh, it is. Oh, I mean, it is. Well, it's technically, we got, I got an email here just a few All right. minutes ago. We had, to, we had to actually be approved by these people. Yeah, they, we had to be accepted apply. and apply. Uh, they're, they're basically a public relations firm um, that made us apply to be, you know, if, if they want to work with us, they had to approve us. Yeah, so do and we have... I did get the email. Yeah, we got... Yeah, we got approved. And they, they wanted, you know, we've we've had conversations on the phone and then just went through the formal, like, application process. You know, they want to... Um, the conversations were really about like, what's your mission? What's your goal? Like, what's the bigger picture? And then, you know, like, what are we bringing to the table? Because it's much easier as a PR firm to work with somebody who obviously has content already created. They do a lot of book work. We're not a book, but PR is PR regardless of of which genre of content creation you're in. Um, we're all content creators, essentially books, YouTube, whatever. Um, if you're making a, an actual like retail product, it's still a content creation and you need publicity. So, uh, yeah, they wanted to know. They wanted to know our background. We wanted to know more about them, what they were going to do for us, because this is a big financial investment for us. And yeah, we're going to take what we have and and build more on it. Because from the beginning, there's always been more that we want to do. That's always been you know not stuff that we've talked about. Um, but one of those things we get to talk about. Today. Yeah, we do get to talk about one thing. So, so yeah. So long, long story short is that we are going to bring in more help. We're going to bring in. 
people that know what they're doing way more. I mean, if you look at it, like Aaron and I do have a background in marketing and, and radio and all that kind of stuff. But um, getting into the YouTube thing was kind of a fluke. Yeah. And saying, okay, now we have a YouTube well, channel, so now we have to figure out how to when uh, we were in, market that. When we were in radio and stuff, like social media advertising was not a thing. Right. Like there was no... When I wasn't we even radio, on Facebook. When we were on radio, I remember like XM and Sirius were a thing. Yeah, that was a big threat. And it was always, <laughs> and it was always like, you know, Sirius and XM are not going to put radio out of business because they can't do it as well as we can local yeah, radio. Well, well, now, now you can get you can you can get local weather and news on XM. There's there's technology yeah. that does that. So well, and I think local radio, like your phone. I mean, like we have music services on our phone, and you plug your phone into your car as car technology and phone technology have move forward yeah i mean i do listen to the local radio a little bit i turn it off you as hate soon it. as i get in the car yeah. i hate it um hate you it. plug in your phone every are you bluetooth mm-hmm. to your car yeah so it's it's just a different world nowadays but yeah social media was not a thing so like when we started the social media influencer content creator whatever you want to call us like there we had no experience with that like in our corporate world so. i think we did great for two years Oh yeah, um, I think we've done amazing. It, but I mean, really, like it, like it comes down to is those irons in the fire, and what we have to concentrate on, and what we have to be able to let go of that's not gone. Yeah. But it's that behind the scenes stuff that we don't have to be messing with. Like I love making videos. I want to make mm-hmm. videos. That's what I want to do. I don't want to have to be calling, uh, you know, magazines or newspapers For and saying, publicity. "Hey, hey, do you want to do an article on us?" Or here's my bio and you know all this other junk. Yeah, I don't want to it's be messing hard. with any of that. Even so. like speaking events and stuff. Like we want to do them, but like we kind of need some polishing. Like I think you did great in Indiana and stuff. But like at the same time, this is not this is not our careers. This is, we have no experience. So like, yes, I've done a few speaking events. You've done one speaking event now. Like, uh, you know, we're just like when we started YouTube, we were a little rusty. Like we need some polishing. We need some, you know, people that live in that world a little bit more. Um, even like publicity and interviews and, and stuff like, yeah, we're great on YouTube because it's our audience. It's our baby. It's our creation. But you know, it's where we grew up. It's where we grew up. Our neighborhood. If we, and you have more like interview experience, but if we do a radio interview or a TV interview, like we want to appear polished and professional and like, we know what we're talking about. And that's what these people help us with. Yeah. So with doing that, um, that helps us out. Uh, it doesn't free up any time for us, obviously. There are a few things they're going to take off our plate, but in the meantime, like the, there's the a lot of... The things they're going to take off our plate are things that they're going to add to our plate. That's, yeah. that's kind of how I feel. Like, hey, you need to do this, but we'll take care of that for you. Yeah. So, and that's fine. But what um, what Aaron is, has been working on over the past... This started in like December. Like six months almost. Yeah, it's been a long process um, and it's been not done. something that is... <laughs> Uh, pretty close to all of our hearts and something that, that, that we wanted to do uh, for a long time. And some of the backstory, uh, for me anyway, when Aaron brought this idea to me is, uh, it, it, do you want to explain what it is first yeah, and then uh, explain like just, what, how, how it affects us? Yeah, so I, I can, I'll, I'll just like announce it real quick and then I'll kind of, we can explain the hold backstory. On, hold and on, hold that was my fanfare. All right. So um, I am now a co-executive director and co-founder of a brand new nonprofit called the Edible Prairie Project. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, myself and uh, my farmer's market 
partner, Megan, I don't know what to call, partner. colleague. <laughs> colleague, yeah, go with that. Uh, Megan ran, ran the farmer's market with me. Um, we have created this brand new uh, baby nonprofit called the Edible Prairie Project. Um, and I, our mission is to cultivate a fair, resilient, and sustainable community food system that promotes thriving rural economies by supporting independent, family-scale agricultural agriculture through education, market creation, food production, and food distribution. You totally did not memorize that. No, I just read it off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a long mission statement um, because there's lots that we want to accomplish. So we um, we have a website, we have a Facebook page, we are still waiting on our determination letter from the IRS, so that's kind of holding us up um, just a little bit. You are technically a nonprofit now. Yeah, just so, waiting for the letter from the IRS. So the process of becoming a nonprofit is easy and it's difficult at the same time. Uh, we went ahead and did the long form because of some financial goals that we have in order to have an impact, like we, we need some Money. Yeah, we need money, and, and the things we want to do um, are big things that will really change local food economy. And so we decided to do the long form with the IRS rather than the short form. Is like if you're going to have less than fifty thousand dollars in three years, and we're like, well, it's not going to work if we yeah, don't if we don't raise fifty thousand dollars in in three years. So the long form. Um, you have to snail mail it, and we're, you have to. If they have any questions or issues with our application, they'll snail mail us back a response, and we have to clarify. And um, so we we filed a little over a month ago. We have received confirmation, so you essentially can operate as a nonprofit. We just found out we cannot take online donations until we actually get that determination letter, but. I can take in-person donations, and I can't write you a receipt, but I can backdate that receipt once I uh, we get our determination letter. But you know, we're moving forward. We're doing some stuff. We have an event planned uh, for next week. Um, we're creating another event happening in June. We Are these are like fundraising events. We have uh, we're planting at the Council of Community Services, which, which is our local food bank, and um, they run our homeless shelter, soup kitchen, um, transitional housing. So we help plant their garden beds. They have some raised beds. We'll, we'll plant and do some education and have a a meal that's prepared by Sensible Nutrition. Sensible Nutrition is uh, federally funded through food stamps through SNAP uh, for, yeah, healthy cooking. So, we're so you, you read your mission statement. That, that, honestly, okay. I, I, yeah, it's complicated. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so tell me what the Edible Prairie Project, which you can check out online, Edible Prairie Project, if you can spell all that out, .org. If you Google it, it should. I, yeah, and you can Google Edible Prairie Project, and you can find it on Facebook, yep. Edible Prairie Project. Uh, what... What exactly is it, and what is the what's the plan? What is it going to do? So there's two major components to it. One, I kind of think of it as like almost like divided down the middle. Like half of it is uh, equitable access, food justice type issues. Again, what does that mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have all these like fancy terms and stuff. Really, I just want hmm. you to say, hey, we're going to get food to people that need food. Yeah, so <laughs> help and good food. But we're going to use local food. It's not just like feeding people you know, food bank style food because there's issues with that and we can talk about, you know, mac and cheese and how it's not. And ho-hos and little Debbie's it, it's, cream. It's not it? an ideal food system. Our food system is broken on so many levels and that's like, that's like at least eight podcasts to talk about that. So, <laughs> I'm going to write that down. But it, it's, it's to just, we're going to help low-income families have more access to healthy, fresh 
local food. So all this is focused around local food. Honestly, when you look back at it, I think this began during farmer's market when you guys decided to take food stamps at our local farmer's market. Yeah, it's called SNAP. You're not supposed to call them food stamps, but yes, people don't know what's... I grew up in the food stamp area, so um, (laughs) I remember my mom giving me food stamps to go buy a pack of gum and bring her back the 75 cents. Yeah, you can't do that now. Right. Uh, And we did not defraud the government in any way. (laughs) I don't know if there's a statute of limitations on that. I might have just... They might be knocking on my mom's door. I never did that. <laughs> FBI. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so that start, I think that's when it kind of started and started working in your guys' mind because yeah. we did see a lot of low-income people starting to come to uh, Farmer's Market and you guys started a match program. So if you got $20 in food stamps, you got $20 donated by market so that you can, now you can spend $40 in yep. market. And yeah, so there was some programs that we created at market, like the Share the Harvest program. So if we had any producer had leftover produce, instead of taking that home and throwing it away, I mean, you still had the option to take it home and turn it into a different product or feed it to your pigs or whatever, or you could donate it and it would go to the council right. and it would go into their weekly their weekly food bank and we've program. About that kind of yeah, stuff and so we did that. Yeah, that happened in 2015, 2016. We did um, we added SNAP. We added a small incentive. We then the next year started fundraising so we could up that incentive. We were the only market in Wyoming that could take WIC, which is the Women, Infant, Children program, which is different than SNAP. And of course, not the same program and not run, they're totally run different. So you can't. Wyoming doesn't accept WIC at market. A government entities not oh, organized or so laid out in a, in a sensible fashion? Right, yeah. So Wyoming does not, there is a, a WIC farmer's market federal program. Wyoming does not recognize that program, so you cannot, participants of WIC cannot use their WIC dollars at market. But you guys basically said, screw that, yeah, we're taking we, it anyway. We just gave, we couldn't take their, their WIC benefits, but we could just give them money. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And and this is part of like the fundraising that we even did here on the ranch with the farm to table yeah. dinner, um, which we did, was that last year? Yeah, the, yeah two years. We did, we did it for two years. And that was part of that fundraising that went directly into those programs yeah. at Farmer's Market. We also created the Gillette Little Free Pantry Program, which is, if you're familiar with, like, the lending libraries, like, we used old newspaper dispensers, and instead of books, they were filled with food, and they're in parks, and so there's no income requirements, there's no screening, there's no application, it's a judgment-free zone, you could be walking your dog, your kids could be playing, are you anything, and you can grab grab something to eat if you're in a food emergency type situation. We've actually gotten national press for the Little Free Pantry Program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, the the governor's wife was up talking to you about it. That's why the governor's wife was here, Um, and we also... It's a a big thing, and it's a good thing, because I remember... So one of the reasons that... so there's, but you were okay. Let me let me go back here. You said there was two different sides of it. So you have okay. the the producer, the the consumer side of things, which is getting them the food that they need, yeah. and healthy food that they need that's raised locally. Yeah, not just low income, but all people. Trying to make local food more accessible. If you cannot come to farmers market Saturday morning, we're trying to make local food more accessible. Kind of like having a farm store on the ranch. Oh I my know. gosh, could these be tied together <laughs> at all? Could this be a conspiracy? Uh, I believe it could be. Yeah, I mean, this is why like our whole life has had like such a big upheaval like on my business since December like it is a really a transformation of of so many things and like leaving when I say oh my god I'm not saying it on a blasphemy blasphemy type of way I'm saying it and actually I'm praying sometimes yeah (laughs) like how are we going to get through this uh 
Yeah, so there's two sides of it. And so there's, yeah, just more access for everyone. And there is a, we're going to have models like tiered pricing. So this summer, we're going to have a weekly produce basket. And 15 of them are for the, for regular retail prices. And then five of them are, they'll pay, it's, we're using a tiered pricing system. So if you're on Snap or on WIC, you just show us your card and you pay a reduced price, but you receive the same retail value in the baskets. All the baskets are going to be packed identically with some produce variations probably, but we're doing a trial run of 20 so baskets. So some people are paying full price for these baskets in order to basically supplement the cost of a lower basket for somebody who can't afford There's it. essentially three pricing points in our tiered system, um, snap and wick pricing, regular retail value, which is just a one for one equal, you pay $25, you're getting $25, or you can pay $40 a week and that helps offset the cost of the, and they're friends of the prairie and they're going into that higher donation price point. Right, they pat themselves on the back yeah. and they're helping out. And that, that di price difference is a taxable donation item. So yeah, and we'll do a, a Monday nights, they'll be available for pickup. So if you don't have time to go into the farmer's market and maybe you don't really care if you pick out your produce and a basket's cool and like, great, I get to try some new stuff. Right, and recipes with it. Recipes. And we're sourcing from multiple farms. So it's not just, it's not just the Wyoming Life gardens, market gardens. Like this is a multi-farm CSA. And we're doing beef and pork in it as well. And eggs and all kinds so, of stuff. So I think, I think it's, uh, so one thing when Aaron came to me with this idea, and obviously this is Aaron and Megan's baby, and I really don't claim anything. I'm like the, the behind the scenes labor kind of thing. <laughs> but one of the things when you guys came to me with this idea was I said, well, can't we, can't we help out producers as well? Yeah. Um, so and you, I, you, so that's, that's the other side of it is You've got the consumer side of things, but you also uh, you want to support producers just as much. So what I've learned over like the last year is like I've also been involved in some statewide conversations about like food justice and food sovereignty, and and you can Google those words and that'll probably explain it better than I can. But you know, access for all, regardless of income, and there's layers to those words and and stuff. But I'm Aaron all, likes using $10 words. I'm always, talk to Megan, she uses more $10 words than I do. <laughs> yeah, she does. I can't even, I'm, I'm like, I look at Megan and I'm just like, uh-huh. Like, I'm going to have to go like, look this, I need a thesaurus. When I talk yeah, to Megan. Megan's great with uh, verbiage. So what I've found in a lot of those instances when I'm in these groups of people, they're farmers market managers and... Producers. And, and the, but not always producers, not farmers and not ranchers. It's more... I don't know how to describe it. People that are involved with like um, weekly like food bags for children. I mean, there's and then farmers market managers and and just different avenues of 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 food and low income food access and stuff within the state. Not always producers. Like very often, I'm I'm one of the few producers that are producing at any. I mean, they might have a garden or something, but you know that's actually producing. And and I say that that's my essentially like my full time job is producing. So. Um, we really wanted to, and you really, when we were forming this, because you're part of this, regardless, your name's not on the paperwork and stuff, but, and you're not, you're not staff or anything, but you're, you're part of this as my husband, like it was a, Megan and I both made a point to make sure our husbands were okay with this because it's going to affect our lives. Like this is putting a whole nother iron into the diminishing fire. <laughs> <laughs> we're all blowing on it. So, you know, we come from the producer side of things where like we really wanted the producer's voice to be represented because uh, something I see a lot in conversations is like, yeah, let's have more local food access. But the reality is, is we can't ignore the fact that it's hard to grow local food in Wyoming. Um, we have a short season. It's difficult. It's snowing and it's, it's not snowing anymore, but it's Memorial Day and we're not farming right now. We're just, we're stuck. So 
we can't say that we're going to create a thriving local food economy and create equitable access for all with local food if we don't raise and grow more local food. So we need producer support. So that's the other aspect of the Edible Prairie Project, our EPP, because Edible Prairie Project is a mouthful. <laughs> so you know I need to, I need to, I, I built the website, or Aaron actually built the, I, I did the groundwork for the website. Aaron actually designed the website. I did, yeah. Uh, but uh, we should go grab uh, epp.org so we can just No, it's not that. available. Oh, well, oh we, we need to do like, that. we need to do a shorter thing <laughs> that just points to the Edible Prairie Project. So yeah. People just type in epp.org or epp.com It's or whatever. not available. Well, we gonna find it. something. I'm going to be like, E P P P P P E P P E P dash P. I don't know something. <laughs> so we, you know, we want producer support. So that's why, like the the multi farm CSA, the community supported the produce baskets, the weekly produce baskets are multi farm, and so it's not just benefiting one or two producers. We hope to benefit this season ten producers, and then with that, it's also just. It's providing producers another income source. So yes, you can still go to farmer's market and and maybe I need tomatoes, right? And I want a pound of tomato in every single basket. So hey, Susie, I need 20 pounds of tomatoes from you this week. Okay, cool, that's 20 pounds less of tomatoes that she has to sell at market, mm -hmm. okay? And I can contract with that. Or 20 pounds less tomatoes she might bring home from market Yeah, she didn't sell at market. Yes, exactly. So it creates another market source for producers to sell their products. Um, eventually, you know, with the community-supported agriculture, you get paid up front. Um, we were not able to do that this year just because like we're still selling baskets. Uh, ideally, you sell them in like January and February. You help distribute some of that money to producers so they can pay for their seeds mm -hmm. because that's really expensive when you have no money coming in. Um, we also want to help like beef and pork producers. Like, what's the best way to finish? You know, educational training. Same thing with the the like high tunnels. Like, how many questions have I answered about high tunnels over the last couple of years? Tons. Mm -hmm. and come out and look at ours. Come and, and, this kind of thing. come and look at ours. And through the nonprofit, I can create a network of producers of like, so maybe this person's specializing in this crop and you're interested in getting into that crop. Go go work with them. Go intern with them. Go mentor with them. Um, and then also things like uh, farmer producer tool share. So like I want a paper pot transplanter. That costs five grand. Like that's a huge investment. Like something we'll make at some point, but I could be using it now. And if somebody else, it's going to sit often. You know, it's like pull out the paper pot transplanter transplant. It's like an hour long project. Um, somebody else could be utilizing that tool also, you know. And this is a perfect fit for our Wyoming life and how everything kind of ties together is that, you know, uh, on, even on the larger scale, we start talking about cover crops, and we yep. have uh, we have a sponsor that wants to sponsor our Wyoming life that wants to give us a grain drill to use. Yep. Now that grain drill can be uh, used by the Edible Prairie Project for other farmers and ranchers that want to start doing cover crops in the area, and that's going to be where we you know we can expand this. That was one of my things that I wanted to be able to do with it and be able to help with was uh, not only producer support on market side, you mm -hmm. know, like people that are growing tomatoes and stuff like that, but the people that want to have pigs and they want to finish steers or they, they want to um, have a, a, you know, a larger stand of grass or, or yeah. be able to put up more hay. And um, as we learn, you know, the nonprofit network can grow and learn. And yeah, so like we might do some experimenting with cover crops. There are already some people that are, but you know, I don't know. And being able to make it very specific to our area. I mean, one thing that we get all the time on YouTube is, you know, you need to go watch this guy because he's in Missouri and he's got rotational grazing and he's doing this crop and he's got Sudan grass and all this other stuff, which is great in Missouri, but it may not work here. Mm -hmm. But it um, might, but it's, it's an, 
we can't go put thousands of acres of hayfield into cover crops and just hope for the best. Like right. it has to be scalable and it has to be, there's some testing and some learning curve stuff that has to happen very specifically for our county. But being, but having our Wyoming life kind of gives us the opportunity to be able to do some of that yeah. and, and be able to do some testing that and, and, and equipment and stuff like that, that will help other people in the area. We hope. We hope. Um, yeah. And then, and then being able to grow that even possibly even into a, um, you know, a nationwide network if, uh, you know, rancher support or farm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if there's a, if there's a fire in, uh, you know, Oklahoma or tornadoes or whatever, or drought or, you know, hay productions down there, we can actually use our network to be able to bring in hay that's, yeah. that's uh, going to help producers. And, and I think that, you know, the, the, from fall, from very small beginnings at a farmer's market that said, hey, we want to take SNAP and, and support uh, low-income people. And, and, and that's the other reason behind this is, you know, we came, I came from a family that we, we grew up on food stamps. And I've um, struggled. You know, there's been times um, where we didn't have enough food, too. Like, I remember opening the fridge and it being very, very sparse. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I remember not having anything. I remember yeah. opening the fridge and not seeing anything yeah. in the fridge. I remember wait, I remember having to go to uh, uh, pick up commodities, which was the, the, yeah, government, we never, the government cheese. We did do, bait. like, the council occasionally. And you get weird food, man. Yeah. It's weird food. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It was all the, it was, I mean, it was the government food. And we got the, the peanut butter that had the, the you got the, like, the, uh, I, can't remember, I don't think they were a full gallon of peanut butter, but it was like the can of peanut butter. You opened it with a with a can opener, and then it had like the layer of oil on the top that you had to figure out how to mix in. Mix there. in, and I never really, ex I did not experience that. Well, um, I, I was a teenager when we were when we went through some some difficult times. So you know, even even like your guys's, you know, the the uh, the little the free little pantries, like if. if, if you know, if I opened the fridge as a kid and there was nothing in there, mm -hmm. I, mean, I remember being hungry. I remember my belly hurting, hurting. from being, being hungry, being able to run down the street and go, hey, what's in the little pantry? Oh, there's yeah. an apple in here. Thank God. Yeah. I can eat an apple. And there's not, we, unfortunately, because of weather and stuff, like it's hard to put like local produce and stuff in the basket. So it is, you know, it's a lot of ramen and mac and cheese and stuff. But like if you're hungry, it it's, it's, and the food system is broken and, and I would love to talk about that more and stuff. But the reality is like when kids are hungry, when people are hungry, Mac and cheese is better than nothing, and in like a pantry program outside, and when it's hot and cold and freezes and thaws and stuff every day, like yeah, you got to have dry goods in there, right. and it changes seasonally. Um, so, so here's here's what we're asking from you. Uh, oh well, I want to talk about just one more thing with the nonprofit. Oh, sure. I just no, want to. I'm going to ask you for a huge favor. Not you. Okay. The folks listen. So what I want to talk about is just um, big, like what our plan is for this summer, and I'll move through this really quick, and then like what our long-term goals are with EPP, because okay. I think it's important to know where we're trying to move this, um, and so you can hear some specifics too about the work that we want okay, to do. Okay, don't hang up. I'm not going to ask for money, by okay. the way. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, don't. Yeah, we're not asking for money. Uh, we're doing the council garden planting day. We're going to have a food drive for the free little pantry program here in Gillette happening this summer. We're doing a fundraiser probably here at the ranch for. We don't know the details about that, but that is just a fundraiser type dinner. Um, we'll have our weekly produce basket for 10 weeks starting mid-July through September, possibly extended longer in September depending upon how our fall goes. Okay, so that's our that's uh, our goal. Ranch Roundup, we're planning on having a silent auction yeah. during Ranch Roundup that will directly benefit, benefit EPP. EPP. So those are that's our mission and that's our work from now until September. Okay, after that, uh, we will really have to kick into fundraising mode and we need to build some capital because our long-term goals involve things like a project center, a farm, permaculture, chickens, honeybees, um, 
a retail store for producers to sell their goods, similar to like what's happening with the our Wyoming Life Farm store. Which may or not be a testing ground for It's this somewhat of a testing ground. <laughs> um, the our Wyoming Life store um, will potentially morph into the EPP retail store if that happens, Possibly. or it might not. We'll see upon our capacity to run a nonprofit, a farm store, raise a family, create content, and yeah, how, how diminished our fire gets in a couple of years. Um, and the big thing that we really want to do, you know, we'll build our tool share program and stuff for producers, create a distribution route regionally to distribute those products. Uh, but I really, it's not just, a, it's we want to help producers as a whole. So not just farmers and ranchers and, and ag raw agricultural products. Um, we want to help producers uh, of all levels, so even like our value-added producers, so our canned goods, our baked goods, our salsa makers. Commercial kitchen. Um, so we want to create and build a community commercial kitchens in within our project center of EPP that I don't, we don't own land, we don't own a project center, but long-term goals, <laughs> buy some property, farm it, create a commercial kitchen that... Um, people can come in and they can rent and we can help them get their canned good, you know, license labeled, their baked good, like, you know, approved and, and ready to be sold retail so that as great as farmer's markets are, um, I have stepped down from the farmer's market completely. So as Megan, we have walked away from that. Um, EPP might create a farmer's market in the future, but it'll be a weeknight. It will fit more with our personal lives. Um, but we, you want... We want to see how a retail model works and, you know, giving customers more accessibility. If you're open more hours, um, is it easier for consumers to to find local food? And if we can... Are they willing to go? Uh, are they willing too? to... Yeah, and that's what we're finding. We're going to find out with the farm store. Are people willing to drive for a little bit more convenience? We sure hope so. Um, and then if, with Edible Prairie Project, when we can get multiple producers, license inspected labels so it's safe, you know who's producing it, you know what's ingredients in it, which is currently not happening underneath the Wyoming Food Freedom Act. Labeling and producer information is not required to be on items. Yeah, uh, if, you, if you have nuts in your item, <laughs> in, in your thing, you don't even have to declare oh, that there's nuts so, in it. It makes me crazy. Kind of like there's people that are, that are deathly allergic to peanuts, and you can go to farmer's market, and they don't have to tell you there's peanuts yeah, in this thing, it's which a is weird. It's a flawed so system. Um, so Edible Prairie Project wants to address that, and so it'll be inspected products, so you know it's safe as a consumer, you can have faith in it. Um, and there'll be tons of information about you know who our producers are, and they'll be very present within like the retail store, but we just want to create a different type of local food system. And, and help, one that's legal. One that's legal. Help producers scale up, help, um, you know, those value-added home-produced products, like my baked goods, like carrot cake. Like, I would love to sell everybody on the internet carrot cake. I could ship the crap out of some carrot cake. <laughs> you could. I could. I, I don't. Know, last year, we talked about carrot cake a lot last year, and we could have sent yeah, carrot cake. I don't have a place. commercial kitchen, so I cannot, and I don't have a Department of Ag-approved label. Like, I cannot ship that across state lines. If EPP can do what I want it to do, I will be able to ship carrot cake. And so will other producers. Like the EPP can have a whole online store of stuff that's shippable. I still don't know that meat will be shippable, but like banana bread can be shipped, you know, right. within a somewhat could, timely I mean, manner. You never know. Uh, meat could fall into that. So basically, uh, what we need from you um, is we, we talked about this earlier. We talked about publicity for our Wyoming life and how, and how much that can help. Um, just having 
the word out there. And it, that starts with social media nowadays. It's all wrapped up into social media. So you can go to uh, the Facebook page, uh, Edible Prairie Project, which Aaron, uh, we put a link for that now on something. Can we put it on the farm store page or something? Um, can we can we put a post on the farm store page and, and announce EPP maybe? Um, um, yeah, I mean we just talked about announcing it. This is kind of like our soft rollout. Um, yeah, we're planning on doing a video and some other stuff. Yeah, about can you this, can't you put it in the description on the podcast? I can, but I don't know if it goes across all the different okay. platforms. Uh, but you can go to edibleprairieproject.com and there dot you org. Can, dot org. org. <laughs> sorry, edibleprairieproject.org. Um, there you can find a link to the Facebook page. All we really ask is that you go like the Just Facebook go page us. and go and support that page. Uh, the more numbers that we have behind that, the better it looks. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, uh, you guys support us and what we do here at Our Wyoming Life. And this is just an extension of that. Uh, our Wyoming Life is obviously very much about Aaron and I and our kids, our past, our future. And uh, this is the way that that we want to take it. We don't we don't do anything really for personal gain at this point. Um, what we're at this point ever. Uh, what, it seems like that, not in a bad way. It doesn't. It, it, I don't know how to phrase that. <laughs> it's weird. We, you know, it's, it, like every, everything we make from our Wyoming life, all the money seems to be going back into our Wyoming life or into the, into the project. Into We've the like not project. crossed that tipping point where it's like money into our pockets, which is fine. That's totally fine because like, I don't think, I don't think you should be doing this to make money. And I know a lot of people do. And I know yeah. there's a lot of people that make millions of dollars on YouTube and everything else. And I but hope someday we make millions of dollars on YouTube too. But we'll just... But being able to do something along with it that yeah. gives back. A bigger purpose. We've always approached YouTube with a message of a bigger purpose. And, and this is this is very much... Once you... you know, this nonprofit thing is huge. Mm -hmm. it, it, and it could be even bigger. It could be something that crosses state lines and has other... Uh, branches yep. in other states, and, and you know there could be an edible really... project in North Carolina someday, or or wherever. Yeah. I mean, doing following our model. So what what Aaron and Megan are trying to do is is build a foundation, and we really need your help being part of that. Those those base, what do they call them? The bottom blocks in a foundation, the keystones. Yeah. Um, the you know being the base of this, and that's where we're asking, uh, and we're going to be asking more of, of of the rest. But you guys are our diehards, obviously, that are listening to the podcast. And we ask you that you go to edibleparadeproject.org, find the link to the Facebook page on there, like the Facebook page. Is there an Instagram page? There's not an Instagram. Uh, maybe you should do that. I, I should don't know. do that. Um, yeah. But uh, we can. Uh, we can start there and start, um, you know, just putting people behind it, I think is the big thing. We're not asking for donations. We're not asking for anything. All we ask is that uh, you push one button. It yeah. can't be that hard. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, having a nonprofit, it's funny, we've started multiple businesses and stuff. Like, I'm fine with, like, the for-profit world and stuff. For some reason, starting a nonprofit, I think, has been a much scarier experience, even than, like, the YouTube creation and stuff. Like, I don't know, to say that, like, I'm a co-founder and co-executive director of a nonprofit is, like, very surreal. And, like, it's just a baby nonprofit, but we hope that it's going to grow but you into... you have a board with the nonprofit. Well, I have a board, have, and I have... people a, that you're accountable to, I have and a mission statement and, and a very lengthy uh, conflict of interest uh, <laughs> page. And, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's much more complicated than starting a business, and, and the work is much more important. Not to say that for-profit... You know what's funny that I find about a nonprofit is if you own a nonprofit... Well, first of all, nobody, don't nobody own owns it. a nonprofit. So anything that the nonprofit owns, nobody owns it. So if you guys, let's say, for example, got your project center, which would be a building where you can do mm -hmm. all of this stuff that you want to do and have classes and have your kitchen and everything else, nobody owns that building. The nonprofit owns that building. Mm -hmm. If the nonprofit goes away, that building gets just sold and gets sold the and that money, money goes away. Money gets given to a similar charity. Yeah, um, it just 
It goes down the, the line. It's so weird. The board, I mean, I think forming the board was one of the hardest things. And it's, it's literally two of our friends and a... a and one of Megan's friends, <laughs> who I've also uh, worked with through Farmer's Market. So, uh, but our board can fire us. Like, this is mine and Megan's, like, baby and, like, hours upon hours of, of creating this. And, and our board could fire us because we're staff and they're board and the board holds all the power. But it's, it's, all, it's ours. But it's not. I mean, it's just such a... You basically made a company that you... I don't know. Tomorrow could get fired. And I can't benefit personally. I mean, we can get paid a salary, but I can't make decisions that benefit me personally. Right. It's weird. And that's what there's a lengthy conflict of interest because I am selling produce to the nonprofit for the basket program. But, you know, we just had to disclose all that. Um, and the IRS process has been frustrating too. Like, I mean, of course, of everything messing with the IRS, like, you know, we're just stuck in this holding pattern. Like, that's why we haven't even told anybody really about it, even like in our personal lives. Like, yeah. Very few people know about EPP um, just because we're like, we need that letter from the IRS. You know, I can't ask you for a donation because I can't take your donation yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's an exciting new chapter. I am, I'm thrilled and terrified, just like with the farm store. I'm thrilled and terrified, but I'm, I'm excited to work on a mission that is bigger than ourselves. Speaking of which, it's time to get to work. I bet the UPS man is here. Probably. Thank you very much for <laughs> hanging out with us today and uh, and receiving our big news, Aaron's big news. Uh, I guess I'm part You're of it. You're part of it, too. But, uh, it's, uh, it's something that is... It's another iron in the fire. Um, but honestly, at the same time, we're, we're learning how to... Um, how, let people help us, and yeah. that's a good thing too. Because EPP, the whole purpose of the Edible Prairie Project is to help people. It's just so. like it's just like our Wyoming life. You know, we always just wanted to bring the producer and the consumer closer together. Same thing with EPP. We want to help producers, and we want to give it give. We want to raise food for consumers. They have similar missions, parallel. Sometimes they go off on tangents, but tangents. What's that? We've never been off on a tangent. It only took us an hour. <laughs> this is a long <laughs> tangent. <laughs> so, all righty, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Be sure to uh, to share this podcast if you're if you're able to let people know uh, about uh, what we're trying to do here, obviously. And uh, we will be announcing the rest of this to uh, the rest of our own, our Wyoming Life family here in the next upcoming weeks. And But you guys are right here on the ground floor, and we do appreciate you uh, being here with us for that. So we will be back next week with a uh, with another uh, podcast for you. Also videos uh, coming out throughout the week. And on uh, Sunday, we have a great video coming out uh, with the girls and, uh, and Lincoln talking about uh, the end of school. Uh, school is out. Today is actually the last day of school, and tomorrow starts their summer vacation. Uh, which they might be kind of in a shock uh, shock state uh, for the video when they find out that there's a lot more to do during a summer vacation than just hang out and play video games. We have a whole ranch to run, and they're going to have their own responsibilities throughout the summer. So that's all coming up. Um, we hope to see you again. Until then, have a great week, and thanks for joining us on Beyond the Ranch. Aaron and Mike bring you into their world. It's not just chickens and the Angus herd. So take off your boots, relax, and go beyond the ranch.